What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody and welcome back to star fellows your favorite DD podcast in a galaxy far far away i am your dungeon master rob and with me as always are my friends hannah what up <laughs> amelia Sam. <laughs> hi it's <laughs> the most flustered i've ever seen you um and brennan hi screen recording I was trying to think of something funny to say, and then I had too many start ideas starting, and so then I just panicked and said hi. Ah, that's fair. Okay, so last where we left off, we were in the middle of a pretty intense conversation with not so good, but very old, Velts Arachid, the 9,000-year-old Volpterite vampire industrialist who is now sitting, weeping gently in a high swivel-back chair um, in his room in the tallest tower of his polar estate at the South Pole of Coruscant. Um, You all have just uh, burst into his room and uh, got his life story about growing up on the planet Vulpter, which became horribly polluted, thanks in part to his own industrial efforts in pioneering hyperspace technology for his people. You also confronted him about the death of his daughter um, some 9,000 years ago, which is a pretty low blow considering, I mean, I guess, you know, he's a villain, fuck him. So, uh, yeah, you called him an asshole, uh, among other things. And uh, generally... Okay. Yeah. I'm, 
Oh, I just want to say, if your daughter dies and you make a droid replica of her and then also become a weird vampire and ruin a bunch of other people's lives, yeah, I'm going to throw some salt in that wound. <laughs> I don't feel bad. Completely reasonable. Completely reasonable. It's more so in my mind, it's like it was 9,000 years ago. Like I didn't, I didn't expect when I put that detail in that you guys would be like, we're going to weaponize the shit out of this. But I'm <laughs> happy that you did. Yeah, um, but I yeah. Like Ron uh, wants to go on record to saying he he hates this guy. Anyway, I, <laughs> I, I do want to I say mostly. I, I'm going to give you a bucket of of salt to pour more <laughs> physical salt as if you were a slug. I also just wanted on record that I wasn't specifically trying to weaponize the fact that his daughter died in some horrific accident. I was mostly like, "Bitch, your droid replica daughter doesn't even want you." <laughs> That's also fair. Um. Okay, what an asshole. In any case, uh, so after confronting him about the death of his daughter and uh, the – you guys don't necessarily know the, the whole specifics of Rosie. Um, you know that this man has like definitely – like that was the goal was to recreate his daughter. Ultimately, like Rosie is not that. So uh, there is like still some nuance there that we're going to get into um, essentially right now. But we're going to open up um, – with uh Veltz. he's crying um weeping gently but um his face is still mostly just an expressionless mask he's crying but you this being has lived so long that like the pain that he feels from these wounds um these this emotional pain are just the dull vibrations of a much larger explosion that happened in the distant past like, so you have reopened this wound, but he he has reached a profound level of acceptance of his own evilness. Um, and he looks at you and says, Yar, you've asked me, why do I stay here? I have nary a choice. I would have ended it, you wee twit. Much long ago. But the ring doesn't go that easy. I'm a prisoner in my own body. Of my own making, I understand. But it's not so easy as jumping out the windy. The fuck's a windy? Oh, if you want to find out, I can chuck you out one. Defenestration's what they call it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this shitty polar ice cap. The only thing I'm proud of anymore is that droid I made. Not because she's a replacement for what I lost, but because I created something actually worthwhile. The orb of the one mine, the orb we found in the ziggurat, I put it in Rosie. It's what makes her, her. The orb, well, let me, let me start more with these artifacts. They do resonate with each other. They speak in a way in the mind of the people that hold them. And they yearn to be together. Like magnets, they try to pull their wielders closer together. We were slick enough in the moment to realize, or maybe not slick enough, but greedy enough that we should all split them, take them different parts of our galaxies, and 
do away with them. So they've never been combined by one person holding more than one at any given time, but they do call out for each other. With that in mind, it was getting difficult to wear the ring and have the orb. But the orb is a bit different. It, uh... It's not as clearly evil as a ring that turns you into a blood-sucking, raw, flesh-eating monster. And fuck if I know what the other ones do, but the crown is no picnic either. But the orb was mostly innate. It didn't do much. And yet when, uh, when you scan it with force-sensitive technology, it uh, fries it. it. The sensors are so overwhelmed that they explode damn near every time they're used. As far as I can reason, from what the ring has tried to tell me, is that the orb of the One Mind is the condensed combination of the spirit and presence of millions of formerly living alien lives. I don't know exactly how it was made or how any of these things came into being, but it resembles in a way how black holes form. The condensing of an astronomical amount of matter creates a rip in space that sucks in everything including light, and this orb is a super condensed version of the spiritual equivalent of mass. Force energy, if that has any approximation to the truth. So, I got thinking, over a few thousand years, I was struggling to find an AI that could replicate a human consciousness. So I got to thinking, if I could just pull a little bit of that spirit of that soul out of this dense orb I could use it I wouldn't have to make a new AI or a new piece of tech I just needed to pull out something that already existed in this orb and so I made the MIND device the multiple intelligences nebular device that could using kyber crystals divert a great amount of energy from the orb to stabilize it and develop technology to go along with it that would imprint a personality from the orb in, a, in effect create a new person using a mix of the technology and the force of the orb so I did it worked <laughs> And he looks kind of proud of himself for a second. Um, and he smiles. Um, a few hundred years ago, I was finally successful. And I made Rosie, but I was worried. The orb is immensely... Ah. Uh, Deadly? I, I don't even know. It is a, a orb 
that contains the force power of millions of force sensitives worth of souls. Yeah, that sound that sounds like it could be deadly. But in and of itself, it's not like it's a gun or a lightsaber or some sort of super weapon in and of itself. You see what I mean? I it's a piece of complete anomaly in the galaxy that if somebody smarter or more nefarious than I cracked it, I figured out how to turn it into some sort of weapon, it could end entire solar systems. So, but nobody knows that, except you three, and now, well, and me, of course. And I don't think, for the record, there's many people smarter than me with the technology. I've just been here a long time, and I've had the ability to study the orb for a long time. Well, so now you know that, but the point of me telling you this is that Rosie doesn't know that either. She thinks the orb is a sophisticated piece of technology that I created. She doesn't know that it's an artifact with immense power. And part of the programming that makes the MIND device work limits the construct's ability to perceive that aspect of itself. It's a bit of complicated bit of programming, but in effect, she doesn't know the full scope of what she is. However, I think it's time she does know. Because if I'm passing soon, as I can sense from the murderous intent that's been thrown at me over the past half an hour, then it's high time she understands. Yes, okay, so he communicates that all to you. Um... Now, the other objects, it stands to reason that the rest of them, including this ring, are more powerful than the people that hold them realize. And them being scattered in the universe and all, probably not in the best of hands to begin with. I know I can't ask this of you, but the ring and the orb can be contained. In the vault downstairs, there's containment units I built specifically to contain the force energies of the objects, to prevent them from calling out to us and to other people. I'll give you the blueprints for them. They're also in the vault downstairs. I'm sure Rosie could manufacture them even better than I could. Okay. Um... Oh, yeah, and do get the crown back from that Cathar twit. Uh, yeah, that thing does scare me. I'll level with you. That crown is no, no joke. The crown of Erebus was incredibly deadly when we found it, and I can't even imagine it in the hands of someone that could wield it properly. Uh, what, did you, did you tell us exactly what that did? Um... Yeah, so to, to summarize um, what he told you last episode, um, the crown of Erebus is a crown that when it was put on by the scientists and engineers and industrialists that first found it, um, basically popped their heads like a tick. Like the energy of the crown completely overwhelmed them and it just exploded their heads. The ones that were able to survive that swell of energy 
ended up basically reflexively casting force magic that would summon creatures of purple smoke. What you right, would, right, right, yeah, yeah. What he was kind of what the implication was when you're talking with him is that they weren't the same worms that you've been encountering. It seems like the worms are a thing that's unique to Sue, who has the crown. Um, he described like monstrosities, like things that were like more animalistic coming from the smoke. <coughs> um, but the one thing the crown has in common with between all its wielders is that the wielder of the crown will instinctually try to dominate the wills of other people. So that's the crown's whole thing. Do you know if any of them have been attempted to be destroyed? Uh, I can't fairly say for many of them. I think the dagger has mostly been used to assassinate various people throughout history and has passed through many hands, but I don't know where its current whereabouts are or if anyone's tried to destroy that. The staff, I'm fairly sure, cannot be destroyed. It has a weird property where it tends to change its form quite frequently. I don't know why that is, and I've never really seen it the full extent of its abilities, but I'm fairly certain it would be difficult to destroy that. Oh, perhaps a lightsaber could do it, or drop it in a black hole or a supernova. I'm sure there are ways, is what I'm getting at. I've tried to destroy the ring, but uh, there's a practical problem. I can't emphasize this enough. The ring does not want me to die or for it to leave my possession. Which is, again, why I can't just uh, cut off my own hand, so to speak. So it won't really let me get close enough to trying to destroy it without me... Um, fucking it up or forget what I'm doing or sometimes I just black out for a day or two it's not a great time uh the orb I would not even try to destroy it I would handle that thing only with uh silk gloves and a mask and uh lots of uh radioactive protective gear although I don't think it's actually radioactive but fuck uh, that thing is Anyway. Fuck, I hope not. <laughs> You're a tech genius who's been doing this for 9,000 years and you don't know if it's, like, radioactive or anything. I mean, I'm fairly certain it's not radioactive, but the point I'm trying to get across is that I took every precaution possible to not upset the thing. Because if, if the, it's... Con well, if, if... All I'm saying is that there's a possibility I could anger an orb that contains the collective will of millions of people and it could lash out at me, I don't think the ring could save me from that. Okay. So I was okay. very polite. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Has anyone ever tried to take the ring off of you? I've asked a few people to try it. Ended up killing them by mistake. No, I'm not exactly one for, uh, too many questions here, but what do you mean it, uh, and how does the ring end up killing someone? I mean, you know, the, the crown, I can kind of get it. Brain, head, boom. But, uh, if I try to smash a ring, what exactly would happen? That would be so lethal. I'm going Beskar here. Um, he looks you up and down, um... And you, like, see his eyes, like, tracking your armor. And, um... You see his eyes, like, focus on areas, like, the soft areas of the armor in your neck. And, like, on the side of your thighs. Um, and some, like, under your armpits and stuff. And says... 
The ring is a parasite that uses its considerable power to grow its own power through making its host consume the blood of other sentient creatures. It's been feeding on me for 9,000 years. I may be frail, but I can see every artery in your body, bud. I know exactly where to poke you if I need to poke you. And the ring gives me considerable strength to be able to wield my body as a weapon. You could shoot me a lot, and I would still be coming for your neck. That's got to be the worst thing I have heard, and I have been to so many fucking planets. You got some issues. Oh, do I now? I was completely unaware. Thank you for pointing that out. I'll seek help for it right away. Which, I swear, man, you're starting to push my buttons. Oh, yeah? Push your buttons? You think that's what I'm doing? Whose house you think you're in? Whose fucking tower is this? Go down! (laughs) I'm gonna whip out the blasters. Alright. Somebody tell me to do it. Is it that time already, huh? Well, I've got nothing more to say to you. Except for this. I want y'all to be able to take this ring from me. But, like I said, the ring doesn't really let me do that. So I'll try my best to just, um, not block. I don't know. I tend to black out when the ring makes me do a bunch of athletic nonsense. Can I? What? Is he talking? Are we rolling initiative right now? Because if Can not, I, I want to do something. Uh, what? What, it depends on what you want to do. I don't really see I'll the point of rolling off. initiative. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to try and cut off his arm while he's talking. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, no, you're gonna have to roll initiative. Uh, I figured. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, right. we just gotta chop him up into a million pieces, right? That's this the is, Rob, you really, if there's one thing you hate in this, it's PG-13. I swear to God. I love it. Rob, change absolutely nothing. This kid's gonna fucking work. Violence, violence, violence. I'm really excited to take one hit and immediately fall down at my 9 HP. I assume what this conversation didn't count as a short rest. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm going to say that all of you are going to... You can all roll initiative on advantage because this man is 9,000 years old. And even though the ring has kept him alive, <laughs> a 9,000 years does not do wonders on the joints. All right, it's 15 it on didn't the help die. I rolled worse. Yeah, Plus I did too, but I got a 19 either way. So I yeah, also I got, got eight, so. 19... Okay. Oh, I don't need dexterity when I got these. Sorry. Uh, repeat all that again. Han? I got a 19. Seven. No, sorry. Eight. Uh, Rama? 19. Oh, uh, you also rolled a 19, Brennan? Yep. Goddamn. Uh, you and Han, uh, you both of you just roll another d20 for me. Isn't it 13. my modifier? Oh, uh. Who has a better modifier? Plus four to dex for me. Okay, I'm plus three, so you go first. Okay. All right. I'm just going to start shooting him. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, go ahead and just... Um, yeah, you're, you're up first, big guy. So you can go ahead and, and just uh, start shooting at him. Okay, so it says... The disarming attack that I have, I, that's my signature maneuver... Does it count if I'm trying to literally dismember the arm? 
I don't think that is the meaning of the disarm. Uh, uh, I want to disarm that arm. I just... just... Um, I mean, you do see, like, the, the like... Okay, so... Um, if, hold if on. Let, ring, let me, let me narrate something. <laughs> let me narrate something real quick. Okay, <clears throat> so... Veltz stands up. Um, his chair behind him sprouts out a bunch of, like, weaponized arms with blasters and stuff like that. You see, like, two different ones, like, come up. Yeah, so basically two blaster arms come up from behind his chair. Um, and he kind of, like, just stands up, like, kind of squaring up ready to fight. Um, if you want to, like, attack the chair, you can. Um, I'll say that it's just, like, I mean, you can disarm those guns, like the gun that shot L last episode. But uh, he's, like, unarmed. And the chair is, like, part of his initiative. So, like, you're it's not, like, two separate enemies. Y'all, the chair okay. did 55 damage last episode. I don't know if we're going to survive <laughs> this. Oh, I'm just going to die. <laughs> Come on. Crazy. Okay, so... Um, all right. So I am going to... So one of my maneuvers, by the way, is called World on Fire. I haven't okay. used it yet. Um, but if I hit, I get to use it, and it's really fun. Um... So I'm gonna start off with with the standard array and um, shoot three times the blaster pistols. Um, all right, first one is a uh, twenty, not natural. Uh, twenty hits. Second one is a twenty again, not natural. That doesn't hit. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm okay. Just... <laughs> Last one is oh my god, it is actually a twenty. <laughs> you, <laughs> I'm not did... kidding. Did it's you roll three? three? No, so I have no advantage. I have no proficiency, no proficiency, and then proficiency. And the no proficiency, it's just a plus seven. I got 16, 16. And then they got a 13 on the third one, which is plus my proficiency, which is, uh, again, okay. a 20. <laughs> okay, so you didn't roll, like, three natural. Okay. No, no, I did not roll the same number three times. It's um, the... All three of those hit, so roll damage. Okay, now, um, hold up. I'd like to use, um, uh, okay, so on your turn when you hit with weapon attack, you can use a bonus action. I can roll one superiority die to ignite the phosphorescent powder on, to ignite phosphorescent powder on your target, dealing an extra fire damage equal to the result of the roll. So, can I narratively, since I hit, take some, uh, take some damn, uh, uh, takes a Mandalorian gadget powder, shoot it onto him, and then fire to make it explode with this maneuver. Yeah, so in one go, so you're burning your your reaction for your bonus blaster shot, and then your bonus action to do this. The powder, yeah. and then the action yeah, to you fire. Can, you can right. do that 100%. So, <laughs> burned my, my action, my reaction, and my bonus action. Shot three times, I'll hit. Uh, I'm gonna do disarming blow just for the extra damage, even if I can't actually disarm him, because <laughs> I can okay. spend a superiority die for the damage. So that is. Uh, <laughs> so the first shot was uh, eight damage. Okay. Pl- uh, energy. Then he took two fire damage from the explosive powder. Okay, so eight plus two, so that's ten. Um, then I got a, uh, a one plus was five energy damage. Okay. Then nine energy damage, and then the last maneuver got me uh, ten energy damage. Wow. Okay. Uh... <laughs> and he's currently so also now that he's uh, currently on fire, um, he sheds light within a five foot radius and can't become invisible until the next turn. 
um, because he's currently on fire. Yeah, okay. Um, you do 34 damage to this thing. So um, he stands up. He says, well, it's about that time. The, the arms come out from behind the chair. You draw immediately on him. Um, <laughs> three times. The last one, before you, you fire that last shot, you holster your gun, throw a little bit of powder on him. He engulfs in flame. Um, you see him like roll back three times. He stands up to his full height. He's like a six and a half foot tall, like hippo humanoid. So he is like a big dude, even though he's old. He has kind of that like leather old, like like wrinkled skin, like an old elephant kind of. Um, but you see him ignite on the third blaster fire. Um, and he um, cackles out a haunting laugh. <laughs> Bring it on, boy. Um, and you see his, like, skin start to, like, burn and uh, char and, like, melt and swirl. Um, and you see um, from his ring hand the gemstone in the center starts to glow and emanate. And you see the veins in his left hand where the ring um, is start to, like, grow huge and swollen and red and you see the skin that is burning get repaired in real time as it is singed Boo. away. What? Uh, Boo. A vampire if his I like him. giant hippo tusks me, uh, flame up um, and like catch fire and you see that his tusks are burning kind of in this uh, in this like hell that is this figure. So that will uh, excuse me mr uh, i just want to point out you're a vampire you're the, the fire should have hurt you more you should stop regenerating you're saying um he just continues to uh laugh maniacally um over your comment and it is hand's turn great so um there's two guns on the chair i got two yes guns. okay are they, they look big do they look strong do they look crazy Roll me an insight check. Okay. <laughs> DC 18. Because I would like to uh, get rid of those things. Oh, that's a 17. God damn it. No, wait, it is an 18. Led by the force, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yay. Excellent. Um, you look at the guns and you realize that they're not, like, aiming at anyone and you like kind of replay some of the past conversation in your head and you come away with the impression of like this guy told us he wanted to die like he's not going to try to not kill you but i think that like it's within his power to not you like you come away with the idea like i think maybe those guns are a little bit for show i think this whole thing might be kind of him putting on a bit of a display for his final moments. Yeah, I get that. But are we going to be able to kill him is my, is my thing. Um, all right, fine. I'll just go in swinging. Why the fuck not, I guess. Um, cool. I'm going to face throw at him. At the fuck guy. yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to use my, um, my bonus action to use force imbuement to, uh, raise my to hit modifier um then i'm gonna fucking chuck activate my shield and chuck it at him what uh do you remind me does he need to make a saving throw or do you roll to hit for that? i'm rolling to hit 
Uh, that's a 23? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> um, okay, I'll roll for the second attack for my extra attack. Do the same thing. Um, that is a 12. Yeah, 12, 12 matches, so you do hit. Oh, fuck, yeah. All right, um, okay. That's seven damage. Not great. Um, seven damage. Okay, for the first hit. Okay. Yeah. One. No, <laughs> I got snake eyes. What the fuck? That's uh, four damage. So I guess 11 total. Okay. Um, so you throw soul um, in this like pretty like cramped space. Um, so what you're able to do is kind of like yo-yo it at him and like hit him once on the first initial throw and then hit him on the return pull um so you throw soul <laughs> um he's able to like lightning quick like turn his shoulders and spin so it clips him on his collarbone and you see like a deep gash that would normally completely like uh like cripple and and like you know if not if not kill at least like completely take out of the battle a normal person there is a huge diagonal like chunk of flesh missing um from his like collarbone like into his chest um and then as he kind of like steadies himself and goes towards rama um with a haymaker you come and undercut him um and like slash through part of his leg um stopping him and you all see uh those wounds uh Quickly, but not as quick as the initial burns start to close and knit themselves back together. Um, but you also see that the burns are also becoming more and more permanent on his body. Um, and he continues to uh, howl maniacally. <laughs> um, that'll be El's turn. Okay. Um... I would like to do a called shot, if I may. Okay. I want to try and cut off his hand. Yes, ma'am. Um, I'm going to use my bonus action to do Falling Avalanche, so I will expend a use of Channel the Force and reduce my speed by half to gain advantage on the next ability check or attack roll, make using strength, blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dice Gods. I appreciate it. Natural 20. Hell Thank yeah. Thank you very much is what I was hoping for. I've been <laughs> manifesting that this whole time. You were due for um, one. All right. So nat 20. So you're going to do a uh, ton of damage to him. 7 plus 7, 14 plus 2. That is 16 energy damage on my first attack in which I would like to attempt to cut off his arm. Okay. But you you crit right? So did you did you double it or double the dice? I was just doubling the dice. Okay, cool, cool. So you did sixteen damage. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. All right. How do you cut off his hand? Yeah. Uh, I think I see all this happening, and while he is busy, kind of looking at like Rama and Akala. Maybe they were, like, standing one part, and I was, like, a little over to the side. While he's, like, laughing maniacally, and they're digging into him, I'm just going to, like, just jump up and go straight, like, whip my lightsaber out in a spinning motion and just cut off his head. I like to think it does that thing where I just, like, move it really quickly, and there's a pause, and then his hand just, like, 
falls off like midway through his forearm. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's like coming, like reaching out his hand towards Rama, giving you the perfect opportunity to like sidestep, do a beautiful full like 360 arc with your lightsaber in front of you, like at a spin move. Flashes on, flashes off, and you see his hand with the ring go flying up into the air and lands with a wet thud as the fire burns out the rest of Veltz's body. You see his other hand reaches up to the sky and says, Rosie. And then everything crumbles into ash. And you have killed the head of the estate, Veltz Acriad. I'm just going to very carefully pick up the hand without touching the ring. <laughs> or does the hand also crumble into ash? Uh, the hand also does crumble into ash. Um, and as it does so, also, uh, Monkey, uh, his invisibility drive. <laughs> and you see him uh, go up and stand next to the ring. Um, and uh, so you can attempt to pick it up. Um, I just need to know if you're going to commit to trying to do that or not. Um, I would like to not physically touch it, but if I have, like, oh yeah, I have the force. <laughs> I'm going to use the force to uh, lift it up. If I'm like, a, like a pair. Okay. Um, so yeah, so you can use the force to pick it up. Um, what I'm going to need from you is, uh, a constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw. Uh-oh. Are you sure you don't want it to be a different saving throw? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I want it to be a constitution saving throw. Uh, okay. So that's a 10. Just going to put that dice over there. <laughs> yeah, L, to your perception, um, you use the force to pick up this ring and you're, it's hovering right in front of you. Um, and uh, everyone else sees you pick up the ring with the force and it's hovering right in front of you and it's slowly swirling and you see that it is gathering light wisps of dark red mist around it Rama and Akala make me uh, perception checks it is a 19 yeah that's that's uh, that's a two unsurprisingly Han uh, L picked up this ring with the force um, you see that it is drifting slowly towards his outstretched hand L be careful huh do I notice that? Uh, now that it's pointed out to me. Go ahead and roll me another constitution saving throw. Uh, 18. You Okay, so now you realize that this ring is about six inches away from your ring finger. Ah, shit. I drop it immediately. <laughs> but could we hold it at the same time? Do you think that would work? Could we uh, uh, give it to Monkey since he's not an organic life form? <laughs> um, Monkey kind of... Uh, Monkey kind of, like, dances around a little bit and, like, looks at it kind of curiously. Um, and then you see, you see like, a little program, like, notifier go off, like, in one of the lights connected to his head, like, a little do-do-do. Um, and his chest cavity opens. And uh, Hannah, you can see, like, where that circular cavity is in his chest. And instead of a circular orb, you see actually, like, a square, like, ring box, like, glass container that looks like it has some sort of technology on it. Um, and he pulls it out of his chest and uh, puts in a small code at the bottom of the box that then clicks open. 
and it looks like the ring can be placed in there and contained safely for the moment. I knew it. The monkey's trying to propose marriage. <laughs> and he kind of looks at you and like clasps his hands next to his chin, like very like sarcastically. Um, kind of Thank sweetly. you, monkey. But right now we gotta worry about this ring. Yeah. Um, I I mean I can try to put it in, but the unless uh, L's save is gonna carry them through through continuing to hold it. Uh, L dropped it once they realized yeah, right, that. Okay. So the ring's on the ground right now. You can try to manipulate it with the force if you want to. Yeah, I can try. Let's do that. <laughs> Only a constitution saving throw. <laughs> How constitute are you? Uh, plus zero. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that's a, uh, an 11. So that's one more than you, right? You pick up the ring. It starts slowly or slowly swirling with wisps of red smoke and red mist, and you don't realize it, but it's drifting slowly towards your hand. You think that's gonna like, use- Wait, 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 wait. Hannah, <laughs> Akala fully thinks she's nailed this, like that she can she can hold this ring with the force and it not what? drift towards her hand. Even with my 19 perception, I, I'm not on the lookout for that. It's not affecting your perception from a outside perspective. This thing is dominating your mind to get you to accept it. Fuck. Since I know it does that now, can I roll perception with advantage or do I need to since I know what's going on? If I watch them. So you got, I mean, I think that seeing, like, you guys know that this is what the ring, like, you've seen yeah. this. You don't no, need to I'm roll for perception. Go, I'm just going to go really quickly and try and, like, beat all with the force and shove it, like, straight into the box. Like, <laughs> just a swift movement. So you're trying to contest her own force power? Yeah. So I think you guys need to roll me a, a opposed force checks. Unless, Han, you want to, like, try to roll another constitution saving throw. I mean, I'll let go if I sense that something's going wrong. If I can sense that something's going wrong, I did not. I won't contest well. unless the ring is making me contest. Is this just like a force attack or just with our force modifier? I will say just saying, hey, this thing is like moving towards you is an option. But I will. I'm just gonna say, hey, and like try and swat it out at the same time. I mean, I'll drop it if that's if it's if that's what happens. Yeah. Do this in character for me. Just, <laughs> just I'll let you guys. Yeah. Work this out. So it's floating towards you, and I say. Hey, and I try and swipe it into the box. Like I literally swipe your hand. I hit it. Are you hitting my oh. hand or the ring? I'm hitting your hand. I'm not gonna touch <laughs> oh, the ring. Like, tapping on the wrist. Then I just I let go. Okay. If Aqua voluntarily lets go, yeah, it, you can just drop it. It doesn't need to be a contestant. Yeah. I'm just gonna kick it over toward the the box. <laughs> Um, monkey scoops it up, throws it in the box, closes the lid, hits a button. You see it shut down and fill with red smoke, but it looks contained. Monkey puts it in his chest, closes his chest cavity. You hear like a lock, basically, a mechanical lock. Go And the ring is contained. One hiccup. You know the treasure door downstairs requires the ring to be opened, which is doable with the container, but just reminding you of that fact. First things yeah. first, I want to make sure this motherfucker's dead. I'm going to go over and he's ash. Start he turns to ash. On his, <laughs> it's his just ashes. a bunch of ashes. <laughs> just going to double yeah. tap him. Like, you get that motherfucker. You stay down. 
We burned you to pieces. Gonna try and take away my bounty hunter license. Come on, it's gonna, it's gonna take away my ship, you piece of shit. How do you like that? How do you like that? You like that? Making me yeah. give my mask Rama, off. Is that port- necessary? All right. I'm going to start walking out. <laughs> Rama, as you're stepping on the ashes, the hologram reactivates, like, right in front of you. So his giant hippo face is, like, right up to yours and says, Ah! <laughs> Just right in your face. I'm going to start punching the hologram. And it, it deactivates itself right away, so then you're just punching air. Can I? Can I investigate the room real quick? Uh, Sure, what are you looking for? Just anything that... He said he was going to give us blueprints, right? Did we get blueprints? Those were downstairs. Okay. Um, yeah, that's where Al's heading. Just for anything else interesting that I'm... That might be helpful or of note. Yeah, um... Yeah, you can roll. Sure. Alright. Well, that's a seven, so... I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we'll find anything. Uh, seven. Uh, no. Yeah, you don't find anything. I mean, this is, like, just an old man's room. Like, there's, like, photographs and, like, portraits hanging. And you see a lot of, like, a lot of documents about, like, experimentation and um, mechanical stuff that you're, like, like, nothing pops out as being particularly interesting. You know, you're effectively looking at, like, blueprints for, like, niche parts of more significant technology, if that makes sense. Like, if you looked at, like one component of a hyperdrive it would look like just right like visual kind of nonsense and it's a lot of that so nothing that's like clearly jumps out to you as being important got it could i uh uh was that an investigation or perception check hand uh i just investigated uh all right in that case could i just pray to the dice gods and try a perception check to see if there's any uh, hidden compartments some tech lying around or something that would be good to loot from our dead friend um yeah sure that's a 14 <laughs> 14 double what i, I got room. yeah still still really no luck you just don't see anything that really catches your eye um i mean this place is i mean there's like things like swords hanging on the wall that like this guy was rich enough where like those could be valuable artifacts but like they just kind of look like wall dressing in this big ass fancy house like nothing stands out to you is obviously valuable Alright, I'm gonna go back to stomping on his ashes. <laughs> I'm I'm leaving with L. Yeah, I've been heading down to the basement to find um, blueprints. You guys are like oh, going guys, down guys. like the grav lifts oh, and you just hear like the faint like stomping up above you in this tower. Um I was gonna say guys, guys notice you're you're gone and then run after you. Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a good Wednesday. We have just released season four, episode 33. And um, I wanted to say thank you for waiting so very patiently for this episode. And I wanted to come on here to say that we have officially wrapped season four. Um, Kind of crazy. Um, And what that means is the very next episode is going to be the last episode of Guildfellows ever. Um, kind of crazy, insane, insane. Um, it'll be the last like regular like story episode. We're going to have a season four wrap episode, as we always do. 
And then we're going to have a podcast, postmortem, wrap up, whatever, whatever, whatever. So as you're hearing this, if you're in our Discord channel, uh, our question channel will be open for both season four questions and podcast overall questions. I think we're probably going to like go season by season and just kind of reflect and see how far we've come and all this stuff. Um, But take this as the opportunity to kind of, you know, talk to all of us as a unit for the last time, possibly. So, um, yeah, that's that's what we're going to do. Um, which also means this is going to be my last announcement, update, whatever thing ever, probably. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's really all I kind of have to say. I'm a little behind on our social media pages, so I apologize for that. But um, we'll we'll get there. We'll catch up. And um, yeah, next week's going to be the very last story episode, season four finale, and then um, I'm not 100% sure when the wrap-up episodes are going to happen. They may not happen for a while, simply because a lot of us are busy um, and we're just kind of working around our schedule. Um, so they might not happen for a few weeks. We're going to try to squeeze them in eventually. Um, we're going to try to squeeze them in quick, but if they don't happen for a minute, then they won't happen for a minute. But They'll definitely at least come out this summer. I will make sure that happens. Um, They'll come out as soon as I can wrangle everyone together. So, um, yeah, that's that's it, I think. That's all I really want to say. I don't really need to go into the regular spiel that I do because, I don't know, it's it's almost over. Um, Yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for the, the theme song, as always. Um... And thank you to everyone who has listened uh, thus far. And I'll we'll get into it more once those wrap-ups come out. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've got. Thank you for listening. Um, that's all I've got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Great. So then you just rush down the two gravel lifts. Um, you guys walk through the ruined uh, house. As you guys come down the big central staircase, um, you do see like an old uh, human butler with like salt and pepper hair, just kind of like sweeping one of the broken droids into a dust pile. And he's like, oh, good day to you. Just kind of sweeping, like pretending like nothing's wrong. Yeah, just keep walking. Back of my mind, I wanted to make a joke about like there's some somebody spilled something in in the room, and I was like, eh, I probably don't want to give away or cover. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> yeah, um, just keep walking. Um, as you guys are all walking, you all three get uh, a comm signal um, through your uh, communicators um, from Digo, um, and he says, "Hey guys, um, I don't mean to be rude, but." Uh, could we get going relatively soon here, or should I just stay by the van? Uh, 
We're about heading out. We just got a few things to pick up on our way. Okay, good. Just like stay by the the van, you're fine. Could one of those things that you pick up along the way be one of those shady stem packs that you have? Wait, what the hell happened oh, to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, they getting you giving you trouble down there? Uh, no, I've just been bleeding for about um about an hour since you guys have been in there. Um shortly after the alarms went off, I had to fight the uh Loading dock attendants, uh, they were not much trouble, but they got a few lucky hits in, so. How many of them did you take on? Uh. You hear him count in an alien language, um. Uh, five. Holy shit, I mean, <clears throat> I could have done that too. Alright, uh. Do y'all want me to go and run down a stim pack, or. Yeah, I'll just go run down a stim pack, I'll meet you. I know where the fucking blueprints are. Great. Okay. okay. I'm just, um, yeah, I'm just posted up by the uh, wee hall, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, over and out. Yeah, got you. All right. Yeah, I'm going to head uh, his way with the, one of my janky stim packs. Cool. Yeah, as you, like, uh, so you go through the living room, through the little reading room where you guys initially fought the two IG-100s, down the stairs, uh, you uh, hear the faint callings from the the freezer room where you left those two cybernetic uh, people hanging and you just hear them saying, Hey, if anyone's out there, we're still hanging up on the hook. Very sleepy. Uh, just sleep on the hook. Keep walking. Um, okay. <laughs> um, uh, you, answers back. Um, uh, you walk back down, um, down the hallway through the doors leading to the big subterranean garage and there you see uh, Digo Nevada, um, you know, uh, oh gosh, what what is his rate, like his species name again? I'm forgetting it. Um, Nautilin. Nautilin, thank you, yes. Um, our Nautilin friend um, with his uh, like kind of like blue gray um, kind of fishy skin and his head tails, big black eyes. Um, you can see several bullet holes like on the arms and um shoulders of his like jackets where he was hit by like blaster fire and around him um you see that there is um a half cybernetic half human corpse with a trident uh stuck in it like sticking up out of the person's body you see um crossbow bolts and four other bodies that are posted up around the garage um and you see some laser bullet holes into the side of the wee hall van as well but um clearly he took care of it in here hello my friend good to see you all in one piece or oh, relatively yeah, so you too. ah yeah you know we manage we manage oh, are you sure you don't want to go to gliancelum the beach would have been so much nicer than the south pole yeah but you know work is work ah yeah and work is never done yeah Anyway, um, that janky shot, could you uh, just go ahead and... Yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and uh, shoot in the side of his arm. Oh, no, I prefer the thigh. Yeah, sure, I'll shoot it in the side of his thigh. Cool. Um, and he definitely, like, gets, like, kind of close to you while you, like, put this, like, shot into him. Like, he, like, grips, like, your shoulder, like, a little bit hard. Um, and... Yeah, I'm gonna do outer thigh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like in the quad for sure, for sure. Yeah, least sexy part of the thigh, please. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and he kind of like uh, 
leans back against the Wee Hall for a second, um, and you see his like breathing get a little bit steadier. His HP kind of like stabilizes. Okay, I'll be ready to drive in a few minutes. Are you guys ready to go, or where are you at? Oh, well, uh, yeah, we killed Vent, so we just need to pick up some things, and then we can get out of here. Oh, great, great. Uh, you, oh, so he's completely dead and gone. You got the information that you wanted. Yeah, we got. The, well, there's still a few more things. We, we got the information we need from him. There's some stuff we need in there. But yeah, he like turned into a bunch of ash or something. So he's like gone, gone. Yeah, kick ass. Yeah. It sounds like you guys really fucked shit up in there. That was great. Yeah, no, it was wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna. You you good here? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll just like I'll start the wee haul and um, get the heater going and uh, I'll, I'll I'll reconnect our comms. Um, with the the main channel of the of the planet, so we can get in touch with Rosie. Um, yeah, it sounds uh, sounds good. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and uh, find those blueprints we're looking for. Great. Um, and he like like claps you on your shoulder um, and like turns around and uh, starts getting inside the van, fucking around with it. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to you. So just to re recalibrate we're leaving the ring we're using the vaults here to store the things is that we are getting the blueprints of the vault here so rosie can remake them so we can store them not here okay interesting okay yeah unless you want to like post up south pole forever (laughs) yeah i mean this house is empty now i mean like yeah if you, I'd have finders keepers. For that's how. What is it? Possession is nine tenths of the law. Here, or something me, like that. Me, is that correct? Rob? Let me do this in character. Uh, um. So he mentioned that the the artifacts naturally want to move towards each other. Do we want to bring the ring back to Rosie, who is one of these artifacts? Uh, I was thinking about that myself. There's there's a way to keep them separate, store them right. He mentioned something like a. He mentioned a vault. Yeah, he has the vaults here. Mm. Though they have been broken into before. Where do you think he'd store the plans for it? Whatever he made them out of would probably be uh, obtainable for our friend Rosie and replicable. Right, but that's my that's my issue. Is do we want to trust her with it, with the ring and with the artifacts? Well. Uh, Here's my problem, is, uh, wouldn't Monkey be conveying all this directly to her? She probably already knows Monkey has it inside him. Well, we don't necessarily know that's true. We've been at the South Pole with our communications off. Well, right, but, uh, I just don't want to run to a thing if she already did know, because she's got eyes everywhere. I, uh, I don't want her to not trust us because we lied to her. But I guess you're right. We could take that gamble and think uh, Monkey hasn't told Rosie yet. But you're probably right, though. I mean, it's just, uh, to be fully honest, I always kind of saw Monkey as uh, Rosie's personal spy. But... Yeah, he might as well be. I mean, so... uh, I don't know. Let's find the blueprints and figure it out from there. Sounds good to me. Uh, I'm going to pull up the the blueprints on my like little wrist holographic thing and say all right uh, what are you thinking probably in the basement right that's where everything else is 
Great. Just one thing I love. It's a basement and a giant evil fuck. We can't get out of here fast enough. Let's move. To remind you, the the, the vault door is in the hallway by where you fought the Nexu. So it's like on your Yeah, with the out. movie theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to hightail it over there. Would Monkey like already be there since he I guess he would know he has to use the ring to get in? Or where is he? Yeah, I'm going to say that Monkey was definitely ahead of you guys. Uh, probably like left with L and then like, yeah, like, went to the vault door when L like got the transmission. Um, so he's just been like chilling like in front of the vault door. Um, he has like the ring box like out with him. Um, and you can see like it's swirling with like red smoke energy. Yeah, Akala, I'm going to say that it's like a, it's evidently obvious to you as you like see Monkey holding this ring box, like you're not feeling a force presence from it in this box. Like whatever the construction of those containment units are that he was talking about, that like Rosie has approximated like and given to Monkey, it like walls off like the force energy of it, but they're not like indestructible. It's not like you're using like Beskar steel to protect something. You're like protecting the outside world from this thing. Um but he, uh, yeah, he does have the ring box out, um, and looks like he is like kind of like waiting for you guys to give him some sort of signal to like open this thing and like interact with it. Monkey doesn't have blood, so like this thing is kind of innate against him. I was I was gonna make you roll for that, but I figured like it's pretty logical. Like, this yeah. Is a yeah. Robot, so, um, can we say we all group up at the, or meet up at the door? Sure. How's uh How's your friend doing, Al? Uh, yeah, he's just getting the car ready. Had some Good. trouble with the guards when the alarms went off, but he's yeah. fine now. Not that I care about him. I'm just asking for a friend. Not that I have friends. Is is the friend Akala? Because, like, that's... Who, yeah. who else would you be asking <laughs> for? I didn't ask. Yeah, Akala was... <laughs> damn. You know what? Never mind. We got more important things to do, all right? Let's go. I don't know why else. I fight. It's just, like... Brahma, we're your only friends, right? <laughs> we're like, there's like three people. We're literally at the South Pole is the thing. Like, I know you're not calling anyone else. <laughs> We've established that the comms are down. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's also getting the comms ready to go back up so he can, you know, mess Got with Rosie it. or whatever. Um, yeah, monkey, let's do this. Um, he opens the container. Um, you hear a hiss. And the smoke comes out and like dissipates. Um, okay, everybody, go ahead and roll me a Constitution saving throw. Not the same one as last time. DC of uh, fifteen. A nineteen. Nineteen, very good. Fourteen. Uh, and Rami, you got eleven. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess my dice were doing too well for too long. <laughs> that was a six. Okay. So as this red smoke dissipates and hits your guys' nostrils, you both in your mind start fixating on your greatest desires and source of greed in your life. So I think for Rama, like you see like yourself um, in like very nice Beskar steel armor, like even nicer the ones you have now that's like gilded with more insignias with like a fur like cover on one of your shoulders and you see around you a bunch of Mandalorian foundlings in your own Mandalorian clan um, and with a banner of a rose and there is a forge master um, who you can't tell 
because they're wearing a helmet but has the same figure and body type as a long lost friend of yours who is hammering away at Nubeskar's steel armor and it flashes to you um, again in your mind to a field in Alderaan, happily retired as an old man with credits upon credits upon credits to bankroll your existence. And all of this kind of infects your mind and you feel yourself take a step towards Monkey. I, get, I my only question is, I'm trying to figure out in character if I would yell out uh, to, to my long lost friend. Um, I mean, like, you're not, like, hallucinating this, but, like, you're, like, mulling over these, like, thoughts in your head. So, like, you can shout out if you want, but, like, this is all happening in your head. I think I'm just mother, mother under my breath, like, <sighs> says, uh, hmm? never mind, I wasn't talking to you. Uh, you take another step forward into the mist. Uh, I'm gonna... Just, Who the fuck is Rama talking to? Who the fuck is Rama talking about? <laughs> like, go through Alpha Line. I, I honestly, it, IRL was like get get misty eyed. I'm gonna say like a like a, a tear like rolls beneath the the Mandalorian helmet. Akala, as this red mist hits your nostrils, um, a vision starts rolling in your mind that you start fixating on. Um, the first thing that kind of pops into your head is you just start thinking about. Some like favorite spots of yours that you like around the Jedi Temple and around Coruscant. Just like paths that you used to walk and like restaurants you're like going to. And then like your fixation like develops. You're like, oh yeah, this would be a really nice place to go on a date. This would be a really nice place to take my friend L. This would be, and you start thinking about holding hands in springtime <laughs> and <laughs> walking around gardens and going to space sushi spots and being openly in love with somebody that you've loved for a long time and not having to be accountable to anyone else about it. And you see visions of yourself leaving the Jedi Order. And you see visions of yourself going back home, powerful and independent to your family and doing what you want to do and taking L with you. And you see other visions of yourself thinking, well, what if I didn't do that? What if I ran the Jedi Order? What if I killed Master Grimwald and took over? And then nobody could tell me what the rules are. Nobody could tell me who I can and can't love or what I can and can't do and you take steps into the mist. Hi, Elle, what you doing? <laughs> okay, so from my perspective, this door opened and a bunch of mist poured out. So uh, Monkey took the ring out of the box and a bunch of like uh. red mist that was like building up in the box is like, it's not like thick, it's like, it's a thin layer that has like hit your, your nostrils. You like felt like some of the influence of it, but you rocked it back. Your other two friends went glassy-eyed and started taking steps toward the ring. Yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, put a hand out on both of them. Cool, go ahead and just make me an athletics check um, with advantage because they're, like, very distracted. Uh, 16. 16. Um, 
Yeah, I'll say that you're able to like grip them and control them. I'll let you narrate like what you do to like snap them out of it. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna hold both of them back because they're just like I'm literally putting. I'm just gonna walk up, put both my arms between them, and like just stop it as long as it takes for Monkey to open the vault and put the thing back in. Cool. Yeah, like Monkey like looks up at you, like sees that you're like holding them back, and go and like gives you like a nod, and then puts the ring in the door very quickly like messes around with it until he feels the mechanism activate and then he puts it back in the box and seals it um and as like the smoke dissipates and the ring is like taken away from like the area that you can sense it and that can affect you um you both like snap out of your visions that you were uh in yeah i'm gonna take like a step forward and kind of turn around to face both of them y'all good no uh you guys want to take a breather for a sec yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Fuck it. Yeah. Let's let's uh, just go. I'm going. You sure? Yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to look inside the vault. Great. That's not to dwell on things. Right. So this black obsidian door um as the rings activated in it, you see where it was formerly flat. You see a complex array of geometric straight lines. Um burst like and like radiate um like through the door from the spot of the like ring keyhole um glows dark crimson red the door um shifts um and sinks slowly into the floor and uh with like rumbling it's like masonic sounds of like stone hitting stone um in this uh room you see just a set of tables in a black obsidian colored like lined room and you see a number of objects and uh blueprints on these tables first two things that you guys see you see empty cases um where the crown of erebus and the orb of the one mind were kept one of the containers is um short and squat and looks like it is shaped well enough to hold like a crown. It's not nearly as tall um, and it has a pillow inside of it that has a clear indentation of where the crown must have been resting for many years before it was stolen by Sue. The other containment unit looks big enough to hold a circular object about the size of a softball. Um, Clearly meant for the Orb of the One Mind, you see a half circular indentation into a foam block sort of deal at the bottom of it where the orb would rest so you see those you also see next to them the blueprints for the material composition and the electronic devices that are being used to suppress force energy with inside the cage um rama you go in one of the first things that catches your eye two count them two ingots of beskar steel Um, I'm just going to run toward them and hope they're not trapped. (laughs) No, they're not trapped. They are uh, just like printed with the Jedi seal and the date on them says like um, day condensed and it is like a day. Well, go ahead and roll me um, a a lore check. Jesus. Um... That's a nine, as 
per expected. Um, the date on it doesn't have any significance to you, but you know that the Jedi symbol on the Beskar steel ingots um, indicates that it was steel that was taken and melted down during a repossession of Beskar steel from the planet Mandalore, presumably in one of the Mandalore Jedi uh, wars. Um, so this is sense. technically like that would stolen. Be like a, yeah. Because there's, that'd be a pretty wide range of, of eras. So it would make sense I wouldn't know the year, but I could know where that's from. Yeah. And like it, it could have been taken from any battle, any time. If you had known the date, like you may have known the specifics about it, which um, would have just been some more background information. But anyway, you know that it's been repossessed. This is technically like your birthright if you believe like your clan's teachings. Um as well, uh, a child of Mandalore. I'm going to walk up to it and just, just be thinking like, well, just, I think I would say out loud, like, uh, <clears throat> if I still had a clan, maybe they'd be proud. Getting back what bastards stole from us. Bunch of sorcerer-ass punk whatever. <sighs> I just look at you. What? What have we got in here? Uh, just some, some metal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab them and s store them in something. I guess I don't have a bag. What I, I most of what I have is attached to me. Uh, <laughs> I think that you probably. I mean, like you definitely like had to expend some ammo on this trip. So I think like you can you can safely store those ingots in nice. uh, like one of your empty ammo belt pouches or something like nice. that. Yeah, okay, cool. I'll throw it in my uh throw it in an ammo pouch on my belt. Yeah. Uh Rama, you also uh like are kind of like looking around um and you see like framed on the wall, like on a um gun rack is a large two-handed pistol that has like blue and red um like accented um like gum parts so like the slide for it is like this dark crimson red and the like inside the chamber has been like fitted with a cobalt blue and on the outsides you see um like streaks and the arachid logo on the outside of the gun but it is like this massive like hand cannon laser pistol that is on the wall can i 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 grab it I guess you grab it. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. that, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it up. And like, you know, uh, weapons are part of my religion. This is basically finding the holy grail. Holy shit! This gun does one d10 kinetic. Ooh. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's kinetic because it's a slug cartridge, so it's an actual. Like, <laughs> cool. Yeah, fires like 50 cal rounds. Um, <laughs> Blow my arm off. The range is, uh, yeah, so uh, it takes 11 strength to wield. Um, you get eight shots before you reload, and it has the brutal quality. So uh, you two stumble upon some items um, that are could be attractive for, for either of you. Uh, there is, um, first of all, um, there is a small tool that stands out because in the center of it, so it's a steel tool that has a clear 
um, glass casing in the center. And in the center of that glass casing is a orange kyber crystal. And you see that the tool is shaped like a wrench, but there are two little metal probes at the end of the wrench points and a button um, on the base of the tool that looks like a lightsaber activator button. So that's the first thing that you guys see um, just on a desk. And you don't see any other like identifying uh, things about it. I'm going to press the button. Okay. Uh, you press the button, and in between the two spokes of the wrench, a lightsaber thin blade juts out in between them. And I'll have you roll um, technically a technology check. Mm -hmm. Well, no, yeah, just, just go ahead and roll me a technology check just to see what this does. But do it with advantage because you've made a lightsaber before. Uh, 15. 15. You think this thing could cut kyber crystals without breaking them. Interesting. I was going to say, it's like a little floss toothpick sort of deal. It's exactly <laughs> like that. It's like that exactly. <laughs> it's a great comparison. Um, okay. So the, the two things that I think could go to really anyone. So the first thing um, is a set of, of blueprints for um, experimental hover boots that appear, if they were to be constructed properly, would allow you to activate them and travel 60 feet in a direction um, of your choosing. Um, and it would not give you a fly speed, but it would allow you to hover on a plane that you are currently on. You just cannot ascend like rocket boots. But like, say you were on a cliff for a time, you could like Looney Tunes hover at the height of the cliff and not drop, if that makes sense. If you're going fast enough, you couldn't like travel like indefinitely like that, but you could cross large spaces at 60 feet of movement for, per turn if you were able to make these boots and put them on. Um, the other thing that's in this room is a really swank looking um scaly leather jacket that appears to be made out of the exotic scales and skin of a creature that is unknown to you but these scales um shine with like a like swirling like a rainbow gleam like they change colors kind of chromatically as it like shifts like like certain like lamborghinis you know what i mean like when they were mm -hmm. like have that specific finish where they kind of like change and like swell a little bit like as the light hits different angles on the car it's like that but in a oh, jacket like, yeah and you can tell that like the the skin and the scales are very tough and mechanically it would give you a plus 1 to your ac to wear this jacket and it wouldn't replace any other armor you have on it would just give you a plus 1 to ac um, and you don't know, it might have other effects, but you don't know yet. Um, so those are the two other options for loot. I'll let you guys work out who wants what, or if you guys want to like, if neither of those options sound good, then I'll 
fucking roll some tables. <laughs> um, I'm uh, I'm looking at that leather jacket. Is the thing. See, I got okay. phase walk, so I don't really need the boots. I can teleport thirty feet. So. <laughs> okay. I got. But yeah, but that takes force points. points. Yeah. Yeah, it is a second level spell. But. But these boots would allow you to move sixty feet on your turn. True. True. But do they look stylish? Is the thing. Well, you just have the blueprints, so you can have them made to specifications. So you could make these into heels if you wanted. Fuck, I don't care. Um, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pocket the blueprints because any one of us can be holding on to those. Sure. Because we just need to make it later. I like this leather jacket. What are your vibes on the leather jacket, other party members? Uh, I mean, it's a little flashy for Akala's taste, but I think she probably also has the lowest AC. Um, unbeknownst to you guys, I just got Veskar Steel, which is basically crack, so I'm just going to be nonchalantly like, you know, honestly, you guys uh, pulled my ass through a lot of this. If you guys want that, I'll, I can pass on this. There's a big hand cannon on the wall. I mean, it's, it's fine. I, I, I'll, I'll let you guys have it. All right. Uh, <laughs> consider that I am a melee tank. Yes, fine. Go for it. <laughs> Yay! Okay, I will remember this. The next time we get some cool shit, you can have the cool shit. I mean, we can all get rocket boots. We all get rocket boots. Okay, so, L, as you slip this jacket on, um, the first thing is you can tell that this is actually a, like, force magical object. Um, and it attunes to you right away, and you like see the visions of a two-headed monstrosity of a dragon that is known as a battle hydra and you like intuit the history of these like dark side force created colossal monstrosities that used to be terrific weapons of force destruction in the universe that were held by the earlier forms of the jedi order um and you are wearing one as a jacket. Um, the jacket, like, completely reads your vibe, says, right, so sleeves are optional. So, like, the formerly, like, long <laughs> sleeves, like, split and roll themselves up to, like, a quarter of your shoulder. So, like, there's, like, some coverage, but, like... Like, just above the elbow? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah or, like, yeah. a... Well, like, so, like, it's not, like, a tank, but it's, like, it comes up to, like mid-level yeah i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah yeah. yeah. um also uh go ahead and uh pick a color palette for me or just like let i'll let you know the jacket can change colors so like without trouble i'm i'm gonna keep it as a black leather jacket with like the little pearlescent kind of vibes if you if it catches light like a little more subtle than it is maybe now yeah but it settles on to, like, a nice, like, dark, like, charcoal black that then kind of, like, has some of that pearlescent, like, oil slick kind of uh, sheen to it. Um, it also, um, the other effect of this jacket is that dark side-aligned creatures have disadvantage on constitution saving throws when near you. The skin of the battle hydra terrifies many who are sensitive in the force but none feared the dark side terror more than those that knew to fear it, which were the other dark side creatures that it preyed upon. Um, So that's the effect of that. Um, And for now, that's all the other stuff that's in the loot room. 
I'm just going to ignore the fact that this is made of dark side monster stuff and just pretend that it's not that's not relevant and not share that information with anyone. Cool. cool. It'll be all the same to me if it makes you feel better. It wouldn't be to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, a good, it's a good thing you didn't put on the chat. Yeah, good thing I did. I mean, it does uh it does stunt dark side creatures, so that's a because it's worse. Yeah, I guess, but still it's literally one of those things yeah, where it's, it's like if if it like think about if you were wearing like a dragon skin cloak and you like walked up to like a goblin, the goblin would be like, fuck, that thing's wearing a dragon. I'm <laughs> toast. Like, what is that? Yeah. So disadvantage on constitution saving throws. Um uh yeah. So plus one to AC, dark side aligned creatures have disadvantage on constitution saving throws when they're within a uh thirty foot radius of you. Oh, that's better than my current aura. Well, what is your current order? Because I, I kind of high-key just threw that number out. <laughs> oh, well, my, my paladin order only goes for five feet because it, it goes it increases as you level. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to tone it down then and say 15 My feet. guardian aura, sorry. So 15 feet. So half your movement distance away. It has. Next time I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> sorry. It's on the fly no, balancing. Um, yeah, that's fair. Great. Um, so all that's left to do is skedaddle. Did we find the? Did we just have the vaults? There weren't blueprints to the little, like the magic item storing vault. Yes. Yeah, so, so you are able to to carry out the small crown sized containing unit and a large, the larger one that held the orb of the one mind. So in total, you've got three containers and you've got two of the objects, two of the five. Okay. Yeah. You don't have the orb in your possession. I guess Rosie technically has it. So. Yeah. Um, we'll grab the wrench cutter. And uh, head out. Excellent. Uh, so you guys go into the garage. Um, Digo welcomes you all. Hey, welcome back. Good job. Good mission. Good mission. Uh, good to see that you're not completely dead, Mandalorian. Monkey Halo 5. <laughs> um, you guys boot up the van. Um, Digo kind of fiddles with like some of the controls and stuff like that. And you guys get like a lot of radio static from the channel he's trying to reach. And he's like... This is so weird. For the past few minutes, I've been trying to reconnect to the quantum network, and it still is not working. I don't. Maybe something in the van got shot in the engagement. Hmm. Do you think? Uh, do you think Monkey has uh, mechanical capabilities? Well, if it's uh, it's not like he needs to hack it. It's more so like. Well, actually, yeah, Monkey Jack in, Jack, Jack in. So once we start flying, I can, I can better access the. Uh, the satellite connection that works, and we can uh, try to get a better connection to Rosie as we fly. It's just so weird. I don't... I don't... Hmm. Um, the Wee Hall van starts on, lifts off the ground. He maneuvers it out and flies up into the upper atmosphere of Coruscant. You guys fly for a couple hours getting out of the um, south sector of the planet and fly uh, up towards the capital city sector of Coruscant, and as you do, the comps start coming on. Um, there's a certain threshold where all three of you receive a message on your various communicators from the Coruscant government um, that is a warning. And it says, warning, unidentified satellite object around the Coruscanti moon airspace. Do not attempt to leave the planet. Airspace quarantine on outer system. Um, which just tells you that, like, the greater planetary zone of Coruscant is being 
quarantined off because of an unknown satellite object that has gotten itself near one of the moons of Coruscant. Um, the other thing, um, Akla, you have a lot of missed calls from Uglay. Fuck. A lot of missed calls. Like, he's been trying to call you, like, every ten minutes for the past, like, four or five hours. E. L, you do not have any messages from Cecil about her arriving safely at the Jedi Order or anything that happened or any progress on her. Um, Rama, you also don't get any other messages. Um, save for one from Rosie, which just says dot 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 Jackson's garage. It's done. Um, I'm Jackson's garage. I'm gonna message back. <clears throat> Wait, I actually it's a text message. My voice doesn't come out in this one. I'm just gonna <laughs> text back. Um, send a picture? Question <laughs> mark. Normally, you get a little notification of like sent and like delivered, and it stalls. Like it's not delivering. Um, and your connection is kind of going in and out. Like, you can uh, see, like, the, like, connection rating on your communicator, like, waxing. Uh, can I just send a, a non-fixed message saying, like, it's done? Just, like, trying to send, like, the normal... Yeah, same thing happens. It doesn't deliver. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, All right. I'm, since I don't know that's happening, I'm just going to text you, okay, question mark, to Cecil. Um... Okay, so you send that message. You guys are flying through the Corsanti airspace. Um, you notice that, like, so we're flying kind of close to the surface. Like, we're not in the upper atmosphere where most of the customs is. Like, you guys are allowed to fly around the planet. But you see that there's been, like, a big disturbance. Like, there's a, like, full, like, fleet blockade near the moon. And you guys are able to, like, look up on your sensors and you see, like, a honeycombed, massive shaped ship orbiting one of the moons like on the far side of the moons of Coruscant and there's a lot of like social media posts about like weird honeycomb appears in the Coruscanti sky some say they saw probes coming out of it but we don't know what it is is this an incursion a sith force or just a funky spaceship more at 11 like that sort of thing <laughs> um it doesn't it's seem like guy. it's like a like militaristic threat but it's like somebody parked their big satellite like right outside Coruscant it's like hey Akala I think there's a new moon that's no moon okay so you guys are flying and as you get closer to the capital sector of Coruscant um, you like notice that like as you fly over the power and light district there's like a lot of fires and like people in the streets like a lot of civil unrest it looks like the power and lights district got like real bad again um how long were we gone for um like total time like it's been like like six hours a, right yeah like it's been like a busy <laughs> a busy like seven to eight me? hours um some poor fuck took a six hour nap and woke up to that in the <laughs> power and lights district it was us we took the we took the seven hour nap and we came yeah, back, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, 
things look bad. There's like smoke coming from the power and lights district. You guys see like a lot of police activity on the edges. Um, and you see a lot of people like exiting the power and lights district. Like there's been an evacuation order. You guys get into Republica 500 or 500 Republica. And normally at this point you would be able to establish comms with Rosie, but the Weehaw communicator is still not able to get through to her network. And as you approach the building with her wooden cabin tea shop on this large overhang of this super tower, um, you see that like there, the garage like door on the side of the tower that is used to like covertly get in and out is like not opening for you. You guys like are hovering by that garage and there's like no communication and like no ability to interact with that door. And even Monkey tries and tries to get through the network and you see that he starts acting erratic. Like he starts like hooting and hollering and pounding his chest like, <laughs> um, and starts hey, like- Hey, 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 Monkey. <laughs> um, and he like, starts looking out the windows towards the garage and like starts looking like really frantic. All right, we'll, we'll go through the tea shop. Come on. Okay. Um, and Digo like pulls back hard and you guys zoom up. Uh, you pull into like the more quaint parking lot surrounded by like grass and trees by this cabin that is evocative of like a Midwestern bookstore suspended in the middle of a huge industrial city. You guys walk in the front door and you see that the hidden entryway behind the bookcase is open and the elevator door is like there. Like it's already been called and you see that the shop is even more disheveled than usual. Like people came through here quickly and were looking for things. Um, yeah, that's what you see. We're, we're going down, right? Going down to the, to the garage if we can? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm already like walking through. Yeah. I'm yeah, going. you guys um, hit the open like elevator button. Um, it opens. Um, monkey gets in and starts like jumping up and down, like still pounding. Like, <laughs> can I pick um, him up? Just calm him down. Um, you like try to, but he like wiggles out of your grasp and is just like pacing around, like looking at the the elevator closed doors, like as it's moving down floors, like he's losing it. Um, and uh, you guys get down to the bottom floor of the elevator. Um, the elevator doors open. And you look over the workspace and the garage. And at the other end of the garage, like 300 feet at the all the way at the other end of the garage where the outside garage door is, you see three figures. One of them is holding an orb about the size of a grapefruit and is holding a purple lightsaber in her other hand. There are dead bodies and destroyed droids all over Rosie's workshop. You hear Sue say from across the room, we got what we came for. And you see a rose gold mechanical head fly off of a body that was sitting on the floor. And Rosie the droid's head clatters between you.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.